Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Well, he's a very he's a very aggressive he's a very good football player. Um, he's one of the best in the world. So and, and and it's the nature of the defensive line position to be aggressive and uh, you know and that's that's how he is. And I and I haven't talked to him. I'll always talk to him during the game. I'll probably trash talk with him more. You know uh, you know. But I, I I think the world of Joey and I think uh, he's a you know it, you know I think the part we miss. He says a great player and a great dude. I think we should talk about that stuff um, instead of the negative stuff. Hey, everybody, it's Heidi Fang here, and it's time for another Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm joined here today with Gilbert Manzano and Fernando Ramirez, both covering the Chargers and also Compass on the Beat is their podcast. So make sure to check that out uh, wherever you find your podcast. Right, guys? uh, You can find it. Where else? Where else can you find the podcast? Everywhere, Heidi. We're on Google, Apple, Spotify, you name it. I think even Amazon, Pandora. I I lost track, but maybe not everywhere. But mostly everywhere. And, and Heidi, who, who invited Fernando? Why why is he here? I totally did because I was like, come on, man. We got to get both the compas here. Come on, man. Why are you Fernando, Fernando and Gilbert, both y'all welcome <laughs> to the show. Fernando, how'd you, how you feeling today, man? I, I was good until that low blow by Gilbert. I mean, I think that's minus a point, right? Like that's. <laughs> That's how boxing works. So take off a point off of Gilbert for that low <laughs> blow. It's a warning, not a, not a point. Warning. I don't know. It might have sounded like a 10-8 round with a knockdown, man. <laughs> well, there you I'm go. surprised he has this Deal. much energy at 8.30 in the morning. I mean, he's not really this energetic usually when when you get him up before 10 o'clock. It's, it's Heidi Fang, man. She's a great host. I love her show. Uh, so anytime I'm on, I don't care. It's 5 in the morning. I'm going to be energetic. And I, I had to show them. You guys can't see this right now that are listening, but I'm uh, wearing a beanie indoors with a jacket and they're like how should we dress for vacation (laughs) (laughs) that scared me i'm not gonna lie (laughs) yeah no no it's because i'm actually um just in a garage today recording instead of going into any studios uh omicron is real (laughs) trying to you know do everything from home these days so here we are but before uh, we get more into this game breaking down what is a must win for the raiders and the chargers uh we're gonna remind everybody to hit subscribe here wherever you're listening and that we are brought to you by station casinos stn sports download the mobile app today and get a bonus of up to $100 when you sign up. All right, again, let me formally introduce my guests, Gilbert Manzano and Fernando Ramirez joining me now on the show. And you guys have been engulfed in everything that's happening with the Chargers this season. I've been able to talk to Gilbert about it a couple of times, but I thought this would be a great opportunity to get you on as well, Fernando. And uh, first of all, I I wanted to get into the whole playoff implications and I'll go ahead and start with you, Fernando. Uh, the, The idea that, the both teams basically have to win to make it in. And then you think about what could happen if the Colts actually lose to the Jaguars, <laughs> then they could both tie. Will there be a yeah. football game? That's my question. <laughs> if they, you know, if they you both know. tie and they get in, that's all that has to happen. Right. So could they just kneel it out for the entire 60 minutes? That would be boring. Number one, number two, that's not football. Brandon Saley has told us that it's all about the crest. It's all about honoring the crest and, and being competitive. So they will not do that. I'm sure. Cause it's like, I think somebody said it like, who's gonna, or how do we know they're going to kneel as well? So there you go. But Gilbert guaranteed on compass on the beat this week, that there is a 0% chance that the Jaguars upset the Colts. I actually was on it for about two minutes and I was like, Oh, like, like this looks like the perfect like upset. 
but obviously Gilbert gave it a 0% chance, but I gave it more at about a 40% chance that wow. the Jaguars could, I mean, this is a, basically their Super Bowl. They get upset one of their division rivals. They can send them home. Uh, obviously, you, uh, Carson or Jonathan Taylor should be able to to handle that and Darius Leonard, but you just never know. That's why they play the game. But uh, but no, I don't think the Chargers and Raiders would kneel it. I think the Chargers and Raiders, uh, I know it's not the same rivalry as in years past where they completely hated each other, but I still think it's a rivalry nonetheless, and I feel like they're going to try and uh, compete at 100%. So that whole kneeling stuff is lazy. I don't want that. That'd be boring. Gilbert doesn't want that because can you imagine what would your headline be Gilbert on on Monday morning uh, easy work for a reporter you know just write the story you know a couple <laughs> kneel downs game over it. <laughs> and can you believe it they kneeled headline yeah exactly no that's boring no we don't want kneeling huh Gilbert we want a straight up slugfest between both teams <laughs> we want back and forth maybe even I, overtime I huh know. Gilbert Actually, uh, maybe it's it, it would be unique. It would be the first time I think ever that's ever happened. That probably, I don't know. Uh, I would like to kind of see it. But again, the Jaguars are not going to beat the Colts. So it's not going to happen. And and, and uh, Fernando and Heidi, uh, I was joking with, with uh, Fernando saying, who's going to ask Brandon Staley about this possibility about uh, just kneeling and tying and being friends and let's all make it to the playoffs and have a good day. Uh, apparently, Rich Eisen asked him this morning and Brandon Staley already shut it down. So he, he wants to win the game. Uh, so they won't be a tie, uh, darn for all of us. Thank God we don't have to ask him today because I, I knew, I know somebody would have asked him. I wonder if anyone will ask Bisaccio today as the Raiders uh, are set to speak here this afternoon. Gilbert, I didn't even take the opportunity yet to ask you how Cam is doing. I, I was getting a little concerned, Heidi. Like, man, did she forget about my dog? Yeah, she's <laughs> always pretty good about that. Asking about my, my, uh, always. my good son there. Uh, but he's doing well. Yeah, I had him uh, during Christmas break for, for an entire week uh, while the family was in Mexico. We got to bond during that time. Uh, he probably hated my, my little room, but uh, it was a good time overall. I'm so glad to hear that. Gilbert, I wanted to get your take right now on what the Chargers are doing really well that has brought them to the spot here to be in a uh, contending spot to make the playoffs um, for I don't know, um, Justin Herbert, it's kind of been a crazy road, right? So I, I just want to get your take right now, what you think about this offense and the direction that it's headed. Yeah, I'm sure Fernando can agree with this, and we don't agree a lot, but I don't think they do anything really well besides play quarterback. <laughs> like, the only good thing that they've done really, you know, correctly or properly is, you know, Justin Herbert slinging the ball out there. And and, and maybe sometimes he has some bad games here and there when he's playing a, you know, a really good defense. And and I know that Broncos defense wasn't the same uh, this past week, but they, they got on the first time around. He made adjustments and, and he played better. So those are always good time for a young quarterback. But uh, it, to be the starter, and they, uh, to potentially be the starter, I'm sure gonna, they want to go for the Super Bowl. Uh, but to be named the Pro Bowl starter is big for Justin Herbert. He, he got much better in year two, which is crazy to say because the rookie, he was already gr a great quarterback. Uh, he set the record for most touchdowns in a season in the franchise, uh, surpassing Phillip Rivers last week. So he's doing everything uh, right. Uh, in terms of playing quarterback. Now, the rest of the team is is, is, is very up and down. Uh, my biggest concern going into this game is, is the defense because, you know, people like to kind of, you know, knock their car every now and then and maybe he deserves it. He's kind of up and down as well. Uh, but when he's on, he, he's a good quarterback. And especially to get Darren Waller back, uh, this defense better be ready. Uh, but, you know, if Derwin James is out there, Justin Jones, Joey Bosa, they tend to play well when those three guys are together. 
but other than that, there's not much I could really say that this team uh, does really well. But, hey, they have nine wins throughout the whole season. They're doing some things right. Uh, you know, I will say the left side of the offensive line is really well also. Uh, Rashawn Sater and, and Matt Filer and, and Corey Lindsay, they've given Justin Herbert enough time to uh, make things happen down the field. The right side's a little shaky, but I guess now that I think about it, it would be that left side and, and, and quarterback Justin Herbert. They're, they're, they're pretty much helping this team uh, be in the spot that they are today. And so, Fernando, I have to ask you on the flip side, you know, Derwin James, uh, this guy named Bosa, what they've been doing together uh, to really kind of pressure other teams. And especially with Bosa having made those comments about Carr in their last mm -hmm. meeting, do you think he got under Derek Carr's skin at all? I mean, I think we're so far removed away from that game that they probably, I mean, maybe somebody will ask, maybe Gilbert will ask Joey about it today. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if, uh, if they both probably remember that, but I mean, it is pretty simple. I mean, and, and it's happened throughout quarterbacks, uh, throughout the history. I mean, when you hit Tom Brady, Tom Brady starts to rattle a little bit. That's what old defense used to do. Peyton Manning the same way. I remember the chargers defenses in the past, they used to be very good against Peyton because they would hit him and hit him consistently. And sometimes at the beginning of games, they would take a 15 yard penalty and hit him to really assert their, their dominance over him. So, I mean, I, I don't think that's much of a, uh, that's much of, um, a concern, but the one concern for the chargers is their secondary in a sense. I mean, Derwin plays five positions. Derwin's all over the field, but it's the other guys around Derwin that kind of are a little bit shaky. Michael Davis, uh, is a corner who got paid over the offseason, but he hasn't really lived up to the billing. He's had okay games, and then he's had terrible games. Last week, he gave up two big uh, pass completions. Asante Samuel Jr., rookie, is starting to kind of get – he was starting to really get into his own until, uh, before he sustained the two concussions, but he's trying to bounce back again. He's okay, but he gave up a big pass also to Cortland Sutton last week. But – that's that's been the the kind of the, the the problem with the Chargers is they can't stop the run and then at times quarterbacks are able to throw down the field against them. But whenever, like Gilbert said, whenever you have Derwin James, I mean it's a game changer and he's healthy. We talked to him on Monday and he said, I feel better this Monday than I have in probably the last five or six Mondays. So he said he feels good. He's ready to go. And he said, uh, he said on Monday that Darren Waller is one of the uh, a top three, if not top two tight end and that he's hard to cover. So he said, they're going to have to be ready. They're going to have to, um, they're going to have to be ready for everything that Darren throws at them. And then obviously uh, it's not going to be Derwin against uh, Darren the whole game. So Michael Davis, Drew Tranquil, whoever goes up against him is going to have a hard task. Uh, of course, if he plays, but yeah, the defense has been the one area that they've improved in, and Gilbert will attest to this is against the run. They really lately, I mean, last week, last week was really going to be their biggest test against Melvin Gordon, against Javante Williams, and they were able to, uh, I think they had 20 something rushes for like 80 yards. So they were able to do really well. And that's just because Justin Jones is back in the mix and, and he helps with the run defense, and so does. Uh, and so does Limbaugh Joseph. So that's going to be huge, especially this weekend, because Josh Jacobs is obviously one of the better backs in the NFL. So they're going to have to uh, be able to slow him down and slow down that rushing attack that the Raiders have to really try and put this game in Derek Carr's hands and see if he can beat them. And Gilbert, because you had covered the Raiders with us here uh, for so long, you know, and being able to see the team and what they, you know, were previously to this year, especially the defense. What have you thought about what Gus Bradley, a former Charger coach, has done with this defense and how they've come along? You know, I want to say I'm not 
too surprised about what he's done with this Raider defense, but in a way I am because, you know, you know maybe it's not a shot at the, at the players, but there wasn't a lot of talent out there. You know, obviously you got Max Crosby uh, and Gakwe, and after that it's kind of like, okay, who, who's who's really a player? Who's a guy on this defense? And credit to, to the coaching, Gus Bradley and his staff, with, with a lot of guys, you know, from the, from the Chargers uh, coaching staff last year, they, you know, they what, what coaches are supposed to do is make you reach your potential, make you play your best, put you in the right spots, and that's what Gus Bradley is doing. And to be in the in the middle of the pack uh, of the defense, uh, defensive rankings, that, that goes a long way. And, and that's, that's why they hired him because, <laughs> you know, Heidi, his defense was at the bottom. They were getting torched every single week in the secondary. And now they're competitive. They're, you know, to be top 15 in the NFL as a defense, that, that's probably the biggest thing you could ask for because it is a passing league. And to be in the middle of the pack, uh, it's not a bad thing, but to get guys like Denzel Perriman to to flourish out there, and, and and Denzel with the Chargers, he had his moments, he had his flashes, but he was always kind of hurt in and out. Can never find that consistent groove, and it seems like he found it with 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 the Raiders. Uh, Casey Hayward has new life out there. We thought he was yeah. done a year ago, but I, he had the injuries, so maybe we're, we're thinking, okay, that could be it because no way a guy who was that that uh, talented falls off that quickly. I guess it was injuries, so. Uh, these uh, Chargers that followed Gus Bradley to Sin City, it turned out to be the right move because uh, they are a formidable, def- formidable defense. Uh, I forget the stat, but I think the Raiders have held the, the opposing teams the last four games, like under 20 points or something crazy. So that's why they're in this uh, playoff scenario now yeah. because of what they're doing uh, to, you know, you know, for the most part, contain Jonathan Th- Taylor a week ago was big for them. Uh, but overall, you know, I'm a little surprised at how well it's gone but not too much because I know Gus Bradley is a good coach. And, and yeah, it got a little stale and dull with the Chargers for after year, four years. But the first three years, or may I should say more of, the, more of the first two years, they were really clicking and playing well. All right, let's take a quick break right there and get into some keys of the game when we come back here on the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. DC, we talk about all the time. Uh, nobody cares, you know, outside of the building how, about how you feel. It's all about results. It's all about stacking wins, and that's what we're in this business to do. That's what we're in this in this profession for, uh, to win games and not to lose. So, you know, that's the motto. Uh, me and my guy, DC, we always, we always talk about it, and we just try to make that contagious amongst the team. So as we were leaving there, we're talking about some of the new life that the Raiders have found with former Chargers players. <laughs> um, you know, that I think has been felt uh, between the two teams a little bit, the sting of watching their former teammates come in and do big things. Uh, so when you, again, talked about Casey Hayward and Denzel Perryman, um, Fernando, I just wanted to get your take now on a guy named White because he's been filling in pretty good at linebacker and doing some big things as well. Uh, 137 tackles, I believe, on the season as of right now. So what have you made of his performances and on the flip side, how the defense here for the Chargers has really been working to stop opponents? What have they done really well? 
Kaiser White has kind of been the energy guy in a sense for the Chargers. I mean, when he makes tackles, he gets up, and especially if it's a tackle for a loss, he gets up and he kind of tries to fire up the defense, and and he'll say something to the opposing uh, the opposing defense. So he uh, he really is kind of the the fired up guy. He's the backup to Derwin when it comes to calling plays and stuff. So Kaiser's really uh, he's really fit well in this Ronaldo Hill. Brandon Saley defense and and he really has been like you said racking up the tackles but it's not just that when there's open field tackles against running backs he's able to make them and last year guys weren't able to make them and I mean no no offense but Denzel Perryman wasn't able to make those plays uh other guys were not able to make those plays and and he comes up he gra- he grabs the running back by two legs brings him up and kind of drops him down so He's been he's been exactly what the Chargers had hoped he was going to be back in his rookie year. People forget his rookie year. He looked like he was going to be a, a Pro Bowl linebacker for the Chargers. I think he had two picks in the first three games that he started, and then he had a knee injury, which uh, he had a procedure done on it. But he said he finally feels free again. He finally feels like he's playing in his natural position. So the, he's just been everything for the Chargers. But uh, you, you, the second question that you asked me is how they've been able to stay consistent. So uh, consistency has been all about uh, just guys staying healthy, I guess. I mean, last two weeks ago against Houston, that was just a freak accident of a lot of COVID people on uh, a lot of COVID people. I don't think they came out. Well, Gilbert and I, I think, kind of agree on this. They didn't come out with the heart and spirit that they usually come out with. And they just got ran over by Rex Burkhead. But consistency is being on the field, staying on the field. And guys have, the Chargers really, I mean, knock on wood, have been pretty healthy this whole season. Uh, They've lost Michael Davis for a little point. They lost Asante Samuel for a little bit, but they've really stayed consistently healthy this whole season. And that's what helps. You can't have uh, a revolving door at numerous positions. That's what hurt the Chargers in 2018 when they, uh, when they went to the playoffs is that they lost all their linebackers and they had to play safeties at linebackers and the Patriots looked at them, licked their chops and just ran the football with Sonny Michelle all game long. So here the guys have stayed healthy. They're consistently playing well. So uh, that's, that's literally health has been really the big key for the chargers this season when it comes to uh, staying consistent on defense, being able to stop the run. And obviously the play of uh, Kaiser white uh, who's just uh, he's played kind of out of his mind this, this season for the chargers. Yeah, yeah, I've been watching him. He's crazy. I like it. I like that he's crazy. Um, but <laughs> he, yeah, um, nobody on the COVID list now, right? I think everybody that was on. Uh, no, I one. think Jared, Jared Cook. Cook okay. Oh, okay. Jared Cook. That's actually pretty huge. Another former Raider there, Gilbert. Um, you know what it would it look like? Well, let's see. We're here talking on a Wednesday. When did yeah, he go be, on the he'll list? He'll be back soon. He'll be back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I wonder too, you know, you hear a guy like Denzel Perryman talk about coming back after the five day mark. Um, just, you know, what have you seen from the players that came back off of that list, like their conditioning and how they really felt out there, you know, after being uh going through COVID and then coming back to play with this five day rule now in effect. Um they they don't seem fully like themselves, Gilbert. Yeah, I think that's something a lot of people are overlooking that they just assume, oh, they got cleared from the COVID protocols or back to normal and being 100 percent. Like that's not the case. They're going to be, you know, 70, 70, you know, 70 to 80 percent for the most part. But for, for the Chargers kind of point of view, last week against the Broncos, uh, their starting right tackle, Storm Norton, wasn't feeling that well. You know, he, he he passed through all the protocols and was able to, you know, suit up for the game, but he just didn't feel that well. He didn't practice the entire week. So the Chargers made a call and started the backup, Trey Pipkins. And, you know, Trey did his job, but that was what that was a situation where like, 
you, know, you can't put people at risk, you know, just because, you know, they pass all the, all the procedures. So if they don't feel OK, and, and I think for the most part, it seems like the players are being honest with themselves when they're saying, hey, I don't feel good. I don't want to go out there and spread this for my teammates or to put myself in harm's way. So, you know, I haven't seen that too much just yet. But that was a scenario where the Chargers were, were playing it safe and said, hey, uh, Storm, put on your jersey. Be an emergency guy just in case somebody gets hurt. You'll go in. But for right now, just take take the day off. A uh, good thing it was against the Broncos, so that didn't hurt them too much. Uh, but overall, that's kind of the only scenario I could think of for, for them. But like Fernando mentioned in Houston, they were decimated with with their lineup because all the guys, half the guys were on the COVID list, and, and you can't really compete that well. I shouldn't make an excuse because the Texans had the same problem too. So they, they, they got beat fair and square there. Uh, but now with, with the new uh, protocol changes and the new, the new rule change, it's a game changer and guys to come back. But it's up to the coaches to monitor who's really backed and, and available to play. But yeah, I so think my, also, yeah, my bad, ahead. just real quick, I just think also there's some other players. I mean, Trey Pipkins was on the COVID list as well that whole week. So he came back and he played and he was fine. Mike Williams also, he was pretty funny on uh, on Monday because he's like, yeah, I was sitting at home and I'm like, dude, I feel nothing. Why can't I play? Like, I don't feel anything. Like, it, he said that he was a little bit bugged that he couldn't play. So I think it's just different for everybody. But I think Br Brandon Taylor's done a good job of monitoring all of his players, like Gilbert said. And he's like, oh, okay, these guys are these guys are fine. These guys uh, maybe not so fine. So let's uh, let's make Storm Norton not play. But I, I just think it depends on the player and and how they're feeling, kind of going into the in, into the week. Um, to be honest, yeah, it's totally what I was going to ask you about was Mike Williams, just oh, you know, yeah. like how he looked. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit of just about like his year. I mean, he had huge games. It's been, I think, you know, well, obviously like the COVID stuff, like you said, but what have you made of Mike Williams and the emergence that he's had this year and how much he's helped this offense? Mike Williams has kind of been, I guess, in a sense, like behind Justin Herbert, he's been the clutchest player on this team. When they've needed a touchdown at the end of games, he's the one that scored it. I mean, against Pittsburgh, uh, he scored that 56-yard touchdown to really put the game away. Uh, it was that game where they almost, Pittsburgh almost came back and beat the Chargers. But Mike has really asserted himself into this offense. The only thing is, is that he's needed to be a little bit more consistent, I guess. There's games where he's not really targeted or, or maybe opposing defenses are taking him away, but it, it the the what I've from what I've noticed I don't know if Gilbert notices the same thing when Mike is involved in this offense and he's involved early good things happen for this offense in Cincinnati first thing they did was go to Mike Williams on a 40 yard uh deep pass and the offense got going and they were able to get up 24 to 0 on Cincinnati or 24 to 3 on Cincinnati quickly but that's been that's kind of been the issue when you get Mike Williams going good things happen the only game that Mike Williams wasn't really involved in the offense and they won was that game against the Raiders at the B or in the first game of the season. Yeah. But other than that, uh, Mike, ha like Mike needs to be involved in this system. He he's been asked about this all season and he said it like before I was just used as a down the field receiver, but now that you get, you're be, you're getting able to see me do a lot of different things. Like at Clemson, he would run slants. He would run out routes. He would do the things that Keenan Allen kind of does in this offense and uh and he's showing that he can do everything now the only thing is too that is kind of uh is kind of lost in a sense is he has dropped a couple of passes like against kansas city week uh 
couple of weeks ago on Thursday night on the opening drive, he could have had, he had a slant where he dropped it and he could have walked right into the end zone. And so he's had a couple of those this season against Minnesota as well. They could have won the game if he would have caught that slant or he would have just walked into the end zone. So he's had a couple of drops here and there, but he definitely, if anything, he's, he has earned uh, a new contract. It's just, can the Chargers pay him? Will the Chargers pay him? I think uh, they'll probably lean more towards a franchise tag and see, hey, can you do it again next season? But Mike has really improved this season, and and if they get him going early, um, good things happen for this offense. Yeah, this uh, team has really been, I think, they looked a lot different with Coach Staley. Uh, so, Gilbert, I wanted to get your take on just how Coach Staley has really motivated this team, what he does well working with these guys, because that's something that, you know, as a person covering Vegas, we don't get the opportunity to really see, but his coaching mind seems to be um, just really on top of the pulse of the players, as well as getting the right game plan. And so just, um, you know, Coach Staley, what has he really done for this team to lead him to this point? Yeah, the first thing that he he did correctly was have all the players believe in what he's preaching and, and buy into the culture and and, and you're, you're hearing players talking like him, so that's a good sign that he's doing <laughs> something right. They keep saying the word ops, and I'm like, oh, is that that's opportunity? I guess, and they keep saying we we need more ops, more ops. I'm like, that's, a, that's such a Brandon Staley thing to say. Uh, and then you kind of get a reminder. I saw like the audio where uh, Derwin James was mic'd up, and he, he kept going, and Brandon saying, oh, I messed up here. I'll do it for you better. I'll make that interception. And then when the game was over, hey, you know, I, I love you, brother. I'm going to do all, all these things for you. You know, we got a little better, but not all the way the way you wanted. So that kind of shows you the little signs there. But it, it, it was a struggle for, for him, you know, defensively. He is a defensive, you know, guru who, who did what he did with the Rams. And, and this, this defense has been up and down. They're still at the bottom of many uh, big categories defensively like the third down percentage, uh, run defense, all that. And you could tell it, it bothers Brandon Staley, being the defensive guy. Uh, but I think when, when when we always mention guys who are, who are on the field, Justin Jones, Derwin James, and Joey Bosa, they usually make things happen. It's not pretty, you know, the bend but don't break kind of approach. But uh, you could tell that this defense is not anywhere near close to where Brandon wants it. And maybe that's going to be a knock on Brandon for not having it ready. But it's year one. Usually these things take, take, take a couple of years to kind of play out. Uh, so unless you're Gus Bradley, you know, he's doing pretty well with him for his first year. Uh, but it, it's a struggle, but overall to kind of, you know, do what he's doing, especially on offense to, to let Joe Lombardi do his thing and, and also, you know, give his input as well. They're clicking there are uh, pretty well on, on all, on all cylinders. Uh, but on special teams have gotten a little better as well, but for the most part, the whole body of work, you know, they are, you know, nine and seven for a reason because this team was pretty bad a year ago. So that's a lot of credit for, for Brandon Staley. The only issue is that defense and it's kind of a little tricky because that is his baby right there. Yeah, it is a little tricky. Um, so as we look ahead here, Sunday night football, uh, this is going to be a huge one for both teams. Uh, a lot of, uh, implications here on the line. Uh, have you seen the chargers? How have you seen the chargers do like basically when it comes to prime time football, what is this team like locker room wise? How do, how do they group together? Fernando? I feel like they've actually they actually kind of step it up when it comes to Sunday night games or Monday night games. Uh, they did well against the Raiders. They got up to that big start, and I think they were up. Was it twenty one seven or twenty one twenty one zero something like that? I remember they got up to a big yeah twenty one zero. So they got off to that big lead. They got off to a huge lead against uh, against Pittsburgh as well. Um, I, I the Kansas City one's probably their only hiccup this year, and it's just because of. Um, obviously Kansas city is Kansas city, but at the end of the game, the chargers really did have 
an opportunity to to win that game, but they had to punt on the final play before overtime. So, um, so I mean, they've they've been there. They've they've uh, they've been very competitive. So I I really do think, and I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, but Gilbert, uh, I I really do think that they take it up a level when it is uh, Sunday night football when the lights are bright or or whatever. They they really do step up and they play hard on defense. They play hard on offense. And Justin Herbert, I think, only has two interceptions on prime time to 14 touchdowns. So the two interceptions have been uh pop up. So one of them hit Cam Hayward in the helmet and got popped up. And the other one was on uh, the, his first primetime game against Drew Brees, I think, or maybe no against the Raiders last year. So he, he really does take care of the football and the offense does a lot of good things. So I, I really think that when it's primetime, they really step up and, uh, and play well. So Gilbert, uh, Last thing I wanted to talk about, just because we had heard this um, yesterday, the news came out that Nate Hobbs, a rookie cornerback, had been arrested on suspicion of a DUI. He had uh, reportedly been parked in his vehicle in the Cromwell parking garage, which leads to the nightclub drays. So I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that's probably what he was out doing because that's a hot spot around here. Um, (laughs) You know, when you see all the adversity that this team has gone through and the Raiders team and just see another DUI on the list, you know, um, when you think about all that they've been through, is it kind of crazy that they've gotten to this point? A little bit. You would think after everything has occurred that you, you'll you be, you know, on your best behavior. You know, you, you've you gotten so many big wake up, wake up calls that, you know, it, it just kind of it, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of realize that somebody would do that you know uh is it, is it that hard to call it call an uber or get a driver to take you home and especially I, I, I know he's a young player but how do you come back from a big game when you go party at dre's after hours and and to the to the to the wee hours of the morning the <laughs> yes I, I don't know how you do that and party so hard and then just knock out in the middle of the driveway at the parking lot i, I don't know it was crazy overall uh it's just a good thing it didn't get it didn't get any worse than that but it's, it's, it's you need a wake up call, and they've gotten it many times. So uh, with a big end coming up, you know, it, it's a bad position to be in. So I don't know. I don't know how you do it, Heidi. You and Adam and, and Ned and Vinny and Sam and, and Cassie, like covering this team every single day. Something, something's gonna happen, and you're gonna you're gonna be in high alert. So uh, you know, hopefully you guys will get a well rest of vacation after the season because it's something every single week. It feels like. We got a Pro Bowl coming. Vegas oh, never no. sleeps. <laughs> you know, no. all kinds of stuff. Coaching. He's in like a Monday probably. vacation then. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Fernando, just like to see this Raiders team go through that, that adversity and to like really um, be on the cusp of making the playoffs, though. What, is, what do you think that that said about this Raiders team? I've I've heard from Rich Basaccio was the Chargers special teams coach in 2010. And ever since then, I heard Rich Basaccio should get an opportunity to be a head coach. He's never gotten it. And quietly, he's he's been one of the better. Every time that he takes over a special teams, they get better. And it's just, it's crazy that, um, it's crazy that they, they, it's crazy that this has been his opportunity. I really thought they were going to give it to Gus Bradley, but uh, it's good that they gave it to Rich Passaccia so he could show, hey, like I, I, I've got this opportunity. I can do well. I mean, obviously, if, if Jim Harbaugh comes a call in, like I've, I've been seeing on social media, obviously you, you, you would have to take that call. But I think Rich has shown that he, uh, that regardless of what happens on Sunday, I really do think that he should be given an opportunity to, to be a head coach. I think he could do good things with this Raiders team. And sometimes the reason why special teams coaches are the ones that succeed as 
as head coaches because they don't want to put their hands in anything. They don't have to put their hands in the offense. They don't have to put their hands on the defense. They really just focus on themselves, focus on the team as a whole. And that's why you've seen John Harbaugh have so much success over with uh, Baltimore. That's why you've seen some of these special teams head coaches have success because they they don't have to put their hands in anything. They they trust their positional co- or they trust their coordinators to do everything. So I really think that Rich, no matter what happens on Sunday, should be given an, a huge opportunity um to coach this team just I, and i know it's las vegas uh rich Passaccia is not the sexy pick but he's a good he's he could be a good head coach that could help this team and uh and lead them into the future but um but i definitely think that that says a lot about their character about the character that they have in the locker room and i mean honestly it's it's incredible that a guy like Derek carr no matter what john gruden said or what happened with henry ruggs for him to really stand up as a leader, as the face of the franchise, stand up there and talk about them and, and not even condemn them to say, hey, we should open up our hearts. We should help them out. We should do this. We should do that. We should pray for them. I thought that was huge because right there you could have just buried either individual and he decided to take the high road and be like, no, we should pray for them. We should uh, try and help them seek help or this or that. I, I just thought it was huge by Derek Carr, especially because that shouldn't be your quarterback doing that. That should be your owner coming out and saying that. And for the quarterback to step up and say that, I thought that was huge. So they they have some good pieces there in in Vegas, and I really do think that Ritz Bishacha and Derek Carr are two upstanding human beings who should be uh, who shouldn't who shouldn't have so many question marks around them. If that's because uh, <laughs> I I just feel like every week there's something. Oh, Derek, the the Raiders are going to go get Russell Wilson or this or that. They have a good quarterback. It's just about getting him the weapons to to help him compete. And so, Gilbert, do you think if Bisaccia gets them to the playoffs that he uh, keeps his position as a coach? Or what, are, what are your thoughts on all these hardball rumors? I don't know. It's tricky. I think you, you want to at least see who's out there and talk to them. And get, you don't want to rush it either. You don't want to go, uh, you know, oh, wow, they, they he made the playoffs. Then that's good enough for me. You got to talk to people. You got to open up yeah. this uh, this job opening and hear who's out there because you, you never know who you can miss out on. And, and not just, just – don't go off a name either. You know, Harbaugh, go off the best interview, uh, best credentials, best resume. But, uh, you know, the guy you have in, in your house right now, he's doing a great job. So he should have the lead at least. But at least, you know, have everybody come in, talk to people, uh, but give them a fair shot as well, too. I love it. Great stuff from both of you. I really appreciate the time today. If you could drop the compass on the beat where everything's at, where your articles are, go for it. Gilbert first. Okay. Uh- <laughs> Uh, Combos on the beat on YouTube. Subscribe. Turn on the little bell for notifications uh, for the for the video. We got we got a bunch of interviews with with players: Joey Bosa, Chris Harris Jr., Rashawn Slater, Austin Eckler. We got a bunch. Uh, we even have former players: Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. Uh, a lot of great uh, personalities on I'm from NFL Network too. Uh, you know, you've been on too, Heidi. You and Adam. So watch the videos on YouTube. For the audio, uh, driving in your truck like that big old truck you have behind yourself, uh, Heidi. Uh, Google, <laughs> Apple, Spotify, all that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Gmontown24, Fernando at Real F Ramirez. There you go. I think I got it right. You can find my articles at si.com slash chargers. You can find his at the OC Register, uh, LA Daily News. There's like 30 different websites, so I can't name them all. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Every time but, I uh, but like Gilbert said, hi, we had Heidi on. Hear her Mexico City story. That was incredible that Gilbert told uh, – 
uh, about Mexico City and, and Heidi being on the field and everything. So that was awesome. But we definitely appreciate you guys uh, having us on or you having us on, Heidi, and, and guys listening. And please check out our podcast. It's something different. It's something unique that Gilbert and I kind of bring our, our, our unique flavor to, to the game. So we definitely appreciate you having us on, Heidi, and letting us talk about uh, Compas on the Beat. I appreciate you both guys, really. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of Takeaways, everybody. Don't forget to hit subscribe and check out all of our latest at VegasNation.com. For Fernando Ramirez and Gilbert Manzano, I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. (laughs) Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.